way to glory land. It won't be long until I take the hand of Jesus Christ with a great big smile. We sit right down and talk a while, talk a while. Charles Watson was born again on May 23, 1975, at the California Men's Colony. His transformation can best be described as amazing grace. Here's one of his messages from his early years of ministry. Until I see the man, the Prince of Peace. Tonight we're going to go into a class called Evidences of Salvation. How many of you know that there's evidence in salvation? Like we were speaking earlier, if someone were to ask you that uh, uh, why you're saved, you would have to be able to give them some kind of evidence. Well, you could say that you've been saved by faith, and that would be enough. That would be enough, being saved by faith. But after you're saved, there's evidences that come out of your life. For instance, uh, like I said earlier, there used to be a saying going around that if you were taken and, and put before a jury in a court, and they were to try to convict you for being a Christian, would they have enough evidence to do it? And it's questionable that uh, some of us, if we would have enough evidence to be convicted uh, before a jury and sentenced to prison for being a Christian. Now, that's just hypothetical because today in this day and time, you don't come to prison for being a Christian. But would they have enough evidence to convict you of being a Christian? Well, I want you to turn to that, if you would, first of all, to the book of Mark, chapter 16, beginning in verse number 17, Mark 16, 17. A few scriptures here that you really need to get a ground hold on, and you'll find this on the overhead projector, Mark 16, beginning with verse 17, we read, and these signs shall follow them that believe. These signs shall follow them that believe. Now this word signs here is something that is an evidence of you believing. Amen? In other words, these signs are going to follow. There is going to be some evidence that is going to follow a believer. Amen? going to be evidence. There's going to be signs. And here in this particular verse, it says the signs that follow them that believe, here's what they shall be able to do. And here is the evidence of their life. It says, in my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Those are some of the signs. Those are some of the evidences of being a Christian. Well, I'm not particularly going to go into these signs and wonders of this particular scripture here tonight, although I do believe that they're for today, and I believe that all of us should be moving in the power of the gospel and laying hands on the sick. I believe that. But I'm going to go into some other evidences of, of this salvation that we have tonight, as you see over the overhead projector. But a particular scripture that I want to bring to your mind is Mark chapter 16, verse number 20. It says that they, the disciples, went forth. They went forth, in other words, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus sent them forth with his gospel. And it says they went forth and preached everywhere the Lord working with them. They went forth and preached the word. Will you agree with me on that? They went forth and preached the word that was to deliver men, mankind from their destruction, according to Psalms 107, uh, 107, verse 20. In other words, the word of God delivers men from destruction, and it delivers them from hell. And these disciples were going forth and ministering the word of God, the Lord working with them. Boy, I tell you what, when you see someone with the Lord working with them, that right there is an evidence that that person is saved. The Lord don't work with people that are unsaved. Amen? He don't work with them and in them and through them with an unbeliever because he has a dead spirit. He has not been born again. 
But these disciples were walking in the Spirit, and the Lord was working with them. Now listen to this. And confirming the word with signs and uh, signs following. It was con they were confirming the word of God with signs following. Now meditate upon that. They were confirming the word with signs following. In other words, they were confirming the word with signs following. Because signs were following their life, the word was being confirmed. It was being confirmed because the signs were following. Amen? Now, that word confirm, I want to give you a definition of it. As you see on the overhead projector, it means to make firm, to establish, to make secure, stable, and fast. In other words, when you are confirming the word, when you are confirming the word, when you are firm in the word, when you are established in the word, when you are secure in the word, when you're stable in the word and fast in the word, signs are going to follow. Amen? They were confirming the word with signs following. As I was meditating upon that, I could begin to see that the word of God is becoming firm here at this institution. And because the word is becoming firm in our life, signs are following. They were confirming the word and signs were following. Isn't that what it says? They were confirming the word with signs following. Brother, when you confirm the word, signs are going to follow. Amen. In other words, when you become firm and established and secure and stable and steadfast in the Word of God, signs are going to follow. They were confirming the Word with signs following. Go over with me, if you would, into the book of Romans, chapter 15, verse number 8. I want to give you some quick scriptures here on this word confirming confirming. And then you, when you see this, you will begin to see what it takes for this evidence to come forth in your life as a Christian. You have to be firm. Now, in the book of Romans, chapter 15, verse number 8, it says, Now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made unto the fathers. In other words, Jesus came and confirmed the promises that was made unto the Father. He came and confirmed them. Amen. His death, His burial, and His resurrection confirm the promises. Amen? Confirm the promises. It made firm the promises. It made steadfast the promises. It established the promises. The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ made secure the promises of God. Amen? Because of that death, that burial, and that resurrection of Jesus Christ, now we are secure and confirmed in the promises of God. Glory. Confirmed. Another scripture is in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Turn one page in your Bible, in my Bible at least. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse number 6 says this. Even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. It was confirmed in them. It was made firm. It was established. It was made secure, stable, and fast in them. The testimony of Jesus Christ. Then in verse number 8, it says, Who shall also confirm you unto the end, that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ? In other words, you shall be made confirm. He shall confirm us unto the end. Jesus Christ, His Word, shall make us firm, established, secure, stable, and fast unto the end. Amen? Glory to God. I believe that. In the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 1, verse number 21, the same word that is the word confirmed is the word established in this verse. 
if you would like to underline that in 2 Corinthians 1.21, Now he which establishes us with you in Christ and hath anointed us is God. In other words, we are to become established in Christ. Amen? Established in Christ. We are to become firm in Christ, secure in Christ, fast in Christ, established in Christ. And because we are confirmed in Christ and established in Christ, then the signs and wonders come forth and the evidences come forth from our life. But we have to be confirmed in Christ. Amen? Confirmed. We have to be fast. We have to be established in the Lord Jesus Christ. In the book of Colossians, chapter 2, verse number 7, he tells us what we're to be confirmed in. In Colossians 2, 7, he says to be rooted and built up in him, in Jesus, amen, and established in the faith established in the faith as you have been taught. Brother, we are to be established in the faith. Amen? Confirmed in the faith. Confirmed and established the Word in this institution and in our life and established the Word, the death, the burial, and resurrection in our life to such a degree that evidences come forth from our life. Are you with me? This is heavy. Established and firm and stable and secure and fast in the Word of God, established in the faith to such a degree that signs and wonders and evidences come forth from our life. Say it again. Glory to God. We're to be established in the Word of God, rooted and grounded in the faith, it says in Colossians 2.7. Then in Hebrews chapter 2, Verse number three, it says this. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? Amen. It was confirmed by the apostles. It was established and confirmed and established by the apostles in our life who heard Jesus. In other words, Jesus came and established and confirmed the gospel of himself in this world through his death, his burial, and his resurrection. These apostles went forth and established and confirmed the word of God to others. Amen? They had to be confirmed and established and made fast and stable and secure in their own life before they could go forth and confirm it and establish it in the life of someone else. Amen. And that's exactly what has to take place in our life. We have to become established and confirmed in the Word of God. Now, this is going to all tie together in a second. In Hebrews 13, verse number 9, in the same book, it says, Be not carried about with divers and strange, that's various, and strange doctrines. Have any of you been carried away by any of these doctrines? But here's what it says to do. For it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace. This same word established here is the same word for the word confirm. Confirming the word. Establishing the word. And here it says we need to establish our heart. That the heart be established with grace. What is the grace of God? The death, the burial, and the resurrection exemplified the grace of God. And now our heart our mind, our soul, our entire being is supposed to be established and made firm and stable and fast with the Word of God. In other words, the apostles went forth confirming the Word of God and establishing the Word of God and that it has all authority over the devil in the land. Amen? 
They confirm the Word of God. And when you go forth and confirm the Word of God and establish the Word of God, you go forth and establish the authority of Jesus Christ in this land. Amen? And when you establish and confirm this and make the Word firm and confirm the Word and make it stable, secure, and fast, then the signs and wonders come forth because the bondage and the destruction of the devil has to be loosed from that person that the Word is being established in and then the signs and wonders come forth in his life. Amen? We heard the Word of God. And the Word was confirmed down in our spirit. Amen? We got born again. We continue to hear the Word and renew our mind, and our mind becomes firm. Our heart becomes established with the grace of God. Our mind gets established with the grace of God. Pretty soon our body gets established with the grace of God. We become a whole man spiritually in our soul and in our body, and we become firm, glory to God. Amen? I look out across this congregation and I see a firm congregation. One that is established spiritually in the mind and also in the body. In other words, we become firm. We have confirmed the Word in our life. Glory to God. Amen? And because of that, signs and wonders and evidence will begin to come forth from our life. Now, if you namby-pamby around and don't confirm and establish the Word in your life, the evidences of the devil is going to be coming forth in your life. But we have to become firm and sound and solid and sober in our life, spiritually and in our mind and in our body. Amen? Giving no place to the devil, resisting the devil. When you establish the Word of God in your spirit by being born again, when you establish and confirm the Word of God in your soul, when you establish and confirm the Word of God in your body, then evidences begin to come forth. And that word evidences mean this. It means a sign. Something that tends to prove that you're a Christian, for instance. Plainly visible, and it is an indication. It is plainly visible then that you are a Christian, glory to God, because the Word of God has been confirmed in your presence. Amen? It's been confirmed in your life. It's been made firm. Do you feel firm tonight spiritually? Do you feel firm mentally with the Word of God? Do you feel firm in your actions and in your body? Are you firm? Are you together, in other words? Amen? Are you whole tonight? Do you understand where I'm coming from? Now, because of all this, there are some evidences that come from your life. Just signs and wonders and miracles and all the gifts of the Holy Spirit were told in verse in chapter 12 of, of 1 Corinthians. That's not everything, but the main thing that needs to come forth from our life is love. 1 Corinthians 13, though I speak with tongues of angels and men and have not love, I'm nothing. Amen. But just because that love is number one doesn't mean that signs and wonders and miracles and healings and, and, and all the gifts of the Holy Spirit aren't for today. They're still good. Glory to God. Amen. It's just that these gifts of, and callings of God has to work by love. Amen. So we see here, point number one in our message tonight, evidences of salvation, is love for the brethren. Love for the brethren. Now, this evidence of love here is an evidence because the Word of God is established and confirmed in our life. See, this love here could not take place if I was not confirmed in my spirit and established in my spirit. If I was not born again in my spirit. This love of God could not come forth if I did not have the Word of God in my mind. It would grieve the love of God that was down in my spirit. Amen? And if my mind was grieving the, the Spirit of God that's down inside of me, my bodily actions would not be proper. Amen? And it would not show off love. 
So if you're not loving the way you think you should love today, don't condemn yourself. That love is inside of you if you're a born-again Christian. Amen? It's just that your mind might not be firm and established and renewed enough yet for that love to take control of your body and your actions and, and to begin to present love at all times. See, in 1 John chapter 3, verse number 16, we find here, Hereby perceive we the love of God, because He laid down his love because he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. See, because he laid down his life for us, as it says in John 3.16, we have eternal life. In other words, that love, that eternal life, has, that Holy Ghost has come inside of us. And because he has now laid down his life for us and given us his love, now we have that love of God to give. Are you with me? You have the love of God to give. See, hereby perceive we the love of God. Because he laid down his life for us, and only because of that do we have the ability now to lay down our life for others. Amen? And we ought to do that. See, over in 1 John 5, verse number 1, it says that whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Born of God. In other words, you're born again. Your spirit has been born again. We'll have questions after this. Your spirit has been born again. Now, if you're born of God, what is God? Love. You're born of love. Amen? Now, that might be new to some of you, but it says whosoever believeth, that Jesus is the Christ. In other words, when you believe that He rose from the dead, you're now born of God. You're born of love. You're born of the Spirit. And everyone that loveth Him that begot, loveth Him also that is begotten of Him. In other words, if you are born of God, now you love all those that are begotten of Him. Amen? Glory to God. In other words, love of the brethren. Now see, that love is located down in your spirit. Amen? As a born-again Christian. Now, in order for that love to be evident in your life, the Word of God has to be not only confirmed and established in your spirit, it has to be confirmed and established, let me say again, in your mind. Amen? And as that Word of God is established in your mind, then that love is able to come out and be in your bodily actions. Amen? It's released, in other words. It's released from your spirit where it lives, the love of God. It is released into your mind, and your mind begins to think love. It begins to think Word. And then all of a sudden, your actions become loving actions. Amen? Become loving actions. Begins to love your brother as yourself. See, only because we have the love of God inside of us can we now love our brother as we love ourselves. It's all because of Jesus. If it wasn't because of Jesus, we would still be hating our brother as we used to before we were born again. Are you with me? But this love that you're born of now has to come out and begin to produce itself and be evidence into this world. Now, number two, witness of the Spirit. The witness of the Spirit is another evidence. In the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse number 16, the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now when you're born again, you know you're born to the Spirit. When Jesus was talking to Nicodemus in John 3, 3, He says, except you be born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Now He was saying there that you have to be born of the Spirit. Peter said that being born again not of a corruptible seed such as you were born into through birth because of Adam and Eve's sin, you were born of a corruptible seed, Peter said in 1 Peter 1.21, but now you're born of an incorruptible seed by the Word of God that liveth and abideth forever. In other words, the Word of God comes in. Jesus also tells us that that Word is a seed that is planted in our spirit. Are you with me? 
And that that spirit that lives inside of us, Jesus said in John 6, 63, is spirit and it's life. That spirit of God lives down inside of you. Amen? Lives down inside of you. And now it says that the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So what is the evidence that we are children of God? What is bearing witness? The Spirit. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit. Amen? See, now the Holy Spirit has come in and taken control of our spirit. And now that Spirit of God has come in, taken control of our spirit, and now that Spirit of God beareth witness with our spirit that we are sons of God. The Spirit of God comes out. See, the Word has been established and confirmed in our life, in our spirit. It has been made fast and secure and firm, confirmed in our spirit. The Word has been confirmed in our spirit. But now it needs to be confirmed in our mind by renewing our mind so that when we lay hands upon the sick, that spirit that is down inside of us will come out and do the healing in our body not only heal our body, but move out of our body. Amen. Tingle all over all of a sudden. And there goes the Spirit out into the life of another believer, and all of a sudden he gets healed. And you say, what happened? Well, what happened is the Spirit of God came outside of you through your mind because you believe by faith, amen, that it would happen, and then all of a sudden the Holy Ghost came out into your body and healed you, and all of a sudden it jumped on that person you're laying hands on, and it moved out, and you transmitted it into that other body, and it healed them too. Glory to God. And that signs and wonders came forth. That's evidence, brother. That's evidence that you are a Christian. Not only love for your brother, but the witness of the Spirit. The Spirit comes out, amen, and makes full proof and gives evidence so that you can even see it vividly happening, okay? Remember that word vividly, it, that word evidence, it means vividly, it means plainly visible, it means indication, it's something that tends to prove that evidence is a sign, amen? And because of this Holy Ghost that lives inside of you, it will come out and give an evidence and a visible proof that you're a Christian. Praise God, I like that. Next, we see number three here. The guidance of the Spirit. The guidance of the Spirit. Number three. That's an evidence. Not only love is an evidence, not only the witness of the Spirit is an evidence, but the guidance of the Spirit. Now, you know, when you got born again, for instance, you gave your life to the Lord and you knew you were saved. Amen? You felt different. You knew you were saved by faith, amen? Not only feelings, but you were walking by faith that you believed in Jesus and you're born again, amen? But you didn't go out and all of a sudden just begin to walk perfect, did you? Your feet might have walked over and did something that it shouldn't have done. Your hands might have reached out and received something from someone it shouldn't have received. In other words, your body, the actions of your body were not perfect yet. Well, I got news for you. They're not going to be perfect until you go to be with Jesus. Amen? Until He catches us up in the air. See, our body is always playing catch up with what is taking place in our spirit. Amen? In other words, our spirit was sanctified and set apart and made perfect and we took on the sinless nature of God in our spirit, but here our body is still out there doing things of the flesh that it's not supposed to be able, not supposed to be doing. It's just because we're not completely guided by the spirit when we get born again. We're not led by the spirit. Totally. But the Word of God says that if we are born of the Spirit, that we need to be led of the Spirit. That's over in Galatians 2.25, uh, Galatians 5.25, matter of fact. If you're born of the Spirit, you need to be led by the Spirit. So our goal is for this Spirit that's down inside of us to guide us. Amen? Now, in, in Romans chapter 8, verse number 14, it says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are sons of God. When you see someone that is guided by the Spirit of God, you have evidence right there that they're a son of God. Amen? 
When you see someone that is walking a Christian life, that is proof, that is visible evidence that they are a son of God. That gives you an indication that they're a son of God. Why? Because the Spirit of God that is down inside of them has come out and has taken a, a greater uh, potential or a greater uh, place in the mind also by renewing the mind, and now it is coming out and taking a greater part in the actions of that person. Guidance of the Spirit. See, the whole thing is to get that Holy Ghost down inside of you, out into your mind by renewing your mind so that your actions will begin to be guided by the Spirit. Guidance by the Spirit is an evidence that you are a Christian. But how do you get that Spirit out? Again, let me say, Romans 12, 2. Be not conformed to this world, but ye be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God is. Romans 12, 2. See, the proof, the proof has to come forth. Remember the evidence again. The evidence again. Evidence, the definition of evidence. Something that tends to prove. Something that tends to prove. Guidance of the Holy Ghost, guidance by the Holy Spirit, of the Holy Spirit, proves that you're a Christian. And as you renew your mind by the Word of God, you begin to prove what that good, number one, that acceptable, and then you get up to prove what that perfect will of God is. What we're striving for and pressing towards is to be able to prove the perfect will of God in our life. For the perfect will of God to, to have evidence in our life. Amen? For that spirit to come out and take complete control of our body. Number four, the evidence is the love of God is shed in heart or in our heart. In Romans chapter 5, verse number 5, it says, And hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. Where is the Holy Ghost given unto you? Where? He's given, into, he's given to you so that your spirit can be born again. Amen? So that your spirit can be born again. Now, do you remember the spirit, soul, and body diagram that I've used often where you have the target illustration with the spirit in the center, such as the bullseye, and then there's a ring around that, which I say represents the, the soul or the mind. And then outside of that, you have another ring, and that represents the body. Do you remember that? Well, what gets born again when you come down to the altar and receive Jesus as your personal Savior by faith in His death, burial, and resurrection, that sinner bullseye gets born again. That's the Spirit. Amen? But that Spirit there needs to be shed abroad by the Holy Ghost. Amen? Now, when you first became a Christian, how much love was being shed abroad by the Holy Ghost? A little bit, but not a lot, right? In other words, you begin to grow. Now, it says here that it is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. In other words, the Spirit of God, which is the love of God that lives down inside of you. We established that a few minutes ago, amen? It lives down inside of you. Now it needs to be shed abroad through the Holy Ghost. And what does it spread abroad through? Your hearts, amen? See, your heart is the area of your soul. A lot of people mix the heart up with the spirit. And they try to say that the spirit and the heart is the same thing. Well, that's not true. See, the heart is an area of your being that thinks. Amen? The scripture that comes to mind would be Hebrews 4.12, for instance. The thought and the intent of the heart. Amen? Other scriptures, over in Proverbs uh, 23, uh, something around verse number 6, says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So you think in your heart. You don't think in your spirit, see. Your heart is the area of your mind. And here it says that the Holy Ghost is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Now, if our spirit has been taken control of by the Holy Ghost, 
that Holy Ghost is going to have to be shed abroad through something, and that's the heart. See, it moves out of your mind into your body, and your actions begin to give evidence of the Holy Ghost inside of you, and it comes out in the manifestation of love. Amen? Are you with me? Are you with me? Comes out in the manifestation of love. It comes through our heart. See, your heart, here's what your heart can do. Your heart can condemn you, for one thing, the Word tells us. The heart can be grieved. The heart can be quenched. The heart can be condemned, it says, if your heart condemn you. See, the devil would try to come in and put all kinds of bad thinking upon your heart so that it would keep the love of God that's down in your spirit from coming forth. And you'd say, oh man, I just don't know. See, you'd be doubting in your heart. Word tells us not to doubt in his heart. See, Mark eleven twenty three or so, 22, 23. It says don't doubt in your heart. So you're not doubting in your spirit. You're doubting in your mind, your heart. So your soulish area. And if you don't doubt in that heart there, you shall speak to that mountain and it shall be removed. Amen? In other words, the Spirit of God is what causes that mountain to be removed. Amen? So what we're talking about is the love of God, the Spirit of God that lives down inside of you to come forth through your heart so that the love can be shed abroad through your heart by the power of the Holy Ghost. Does that make sense to you? Do you see that? That love that is down in your spirit has to be shed abroad in our hearts. See? The love of God has to take complete control of our hearts. Now, I don't believe it's going to completely take control of our hearts before we go to be with Jesus. But I tell you what, we need to be so renewed by the Word of God according to Romans 12, 2, that we prove what the perfect will of God is. And I tell you what the perfect will of God is, and that's love. Amen? That's the perfect will of God. The perfect will of God is love. Jesus Christ came and did the perfect will of God. And when He laid down His life on the cross, that was a perfect evidence of His love right there. Amen? When we lay down our life for our brother, that is the evidence of love being shed abroad. But our mind has to be renewed. Our heart has to be renewed so that this love can be shed in our hearts and through our hearts out to a lost world. Amen? And lay down its life for the world. Glory to God. Amen? By going out and ministering the gospel of Jesus Christ to others, having them to come to the Lord by faith in that death, burial, and resurrection. And then number five is the fruits of the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit. Evidence of your Christian life is the fruits of the Spirit in life. Well, the Word says not fruits, so I want to make that quite clear. It says fruit of the Spirit. Fruit. See, the fruit of the Spirit is love. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Amen? Now, we've established in that that you've been born of love. Your spirit has been taken over with love. And we've also established what keeps that love from coming out and being a fruit. Now, a fruit bears from our life. Amen? In other words, a fruit is what comes off of a tree. Amen? In other words, the fruit is the product of a tree. Amen? The fruit of the Spirit is a product of our life. And a product of our life can be called evidence. Amen? Are you with me? Can be called evidence. And in Galatians chapter 5, verse number 22, it tells us what the fruit of the Spirit is. Now this fruit of the Spirit is already established and already confirmed and already secure down in our spirit. Do you believe that? It's down there. It's down there. Just like when you take a seed and you go and plant a pecan tree. Everything that's in that pecan seed is in that tree. Amen? Everything that that tree is comes forth from that seed. Amen? No matter what kind of tree it is. Everything that 
ever comes forth in the life of that tree is in that seed, glory to God. The fruit and everything came from that seed. It's just like the Word of God, the seed of God, the love of God that came inside of us. And when we were born again of that incorruptible seed, the Word of God, now everything that comes forth from our life is fruit from that seed. Amen? And the fruit of the Spirit is the fruit of the seed of God, the born again experience. And now that fruit that is in that seed that is a product of that seed needs to come forth from our life. Amen? And here's what it says the fruit of the Spirit is. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Those are the fruit of the Spirit. The love, that is the fruit of the Spirit. But what would cause us to not be loving? What would cause us to not be joyful? What would cause us to not be peaceful? What would cause us to not be walking in gentleness? The old enemy comes in and attacks our soul or our mind, doesn't he? And gets you to thinking something opposite of the Word of God. And what does that do? It grieves the Spirit. Amen? The devil's out to grieve and to quench and to throw water on your spirit. And if we let him do that, that love and joy and peace and all the fruit of the Spirit cannot come forth and be an evidence in our body. Be an outward visible proof and evidence and indication that we are a Christian if we allow Satan to overcome our mind. That's why we need to renew our mind with the Word of God and what is truth so that when the devil comes, we tell him what the truth is and therefore he cannot quench our spirit and that will continue to let the Spirit of God flow forth in our body. Amen? Because we do not give place to him. We cast down the imaginations according to 2 Corinthians 10, 5. Cast down imaginations and every high thing that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. We know the truth. The truth has set us free. Amen. And if you continue to establish the truth in your mind, that spirit will continue to come forth through your heart, through your mind and soul and have evidence in your body. Amen. By putting faith in the word of God and that you have been set free. Glory to God number six and evidence is keeping Christ's commandments keeping Christ's commandments the scripture for that is in 1st John chapter 2 beginning with verse number 3 it says and hereby we know we do know that we know him in other words how do you know that you know him if we keep his commandments if you keep his commandments, you know that you know him. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Where is the truth not? The truth is not in his mind because he has not become established in the truth. When you become established in the truth, your actions will begin to keep the commandments. Amen? It goes on to say, but whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also to walk even as he walked. Amen? In other words, when the love of God is perfected in you. Listen to me. When you get born again, the love of God is perfected in your spirit. Amen? The love of God needs to be perfected in our mind. In other words, we need to know the truth in our mind. And when you know the truth, the truth shall set you free. It shall not only set you free in the spirit, it shall begin after you are born again to set the spirit free from you and it will be released out of you into your life and you will begin to keep the commandments of God. Amen? That's why when you get into the Word of God and read the Word of God and, and begin to grow and establish your, your thinking in the Word of God, that you begin to... Walk in obedience to God. 
See, keeping God's commandments is coming into agreement with God spiritually, coming into agreement with God in your thinking or your mind, and then coming into agreement with God in your body. So you need to come into agreement with God in three places. Born again, okay. Now we need to come into agreement with God in our thinking. And as we do that, we begin to keep the commandments of God. We begin to walk as He walked in this world because the love of God is being perfected in us. Amen? Spiritually, it's perfected. Mentally, it's perfected. That's why Paul said in Romans 12, 2, to not be conformed to this world in our way of thinking, but be renewed in the mind, amen, so that you may prove what that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God is. The perfect will of God is the love of God. The perfect will of God is the Word of God. The Word of God sets you free. The perfect will of God is that you walk as He walked, that you walk as Jesus walked, who is the love of God, amen? See, Jesus is love. Jesus fulfilled the commandments of God. He said He didn't come to do away with the law, but to fulfill. Amen? Jesus was perfect in the spirit. He was perfect in the mind and perfect in the body. Glory to God. Now we need to begin to press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God so that we can begin to not only be perfected in our spirit as a born-again Christian, but be perfected in our, in our way of thinking and be perfected in our bodily actions. Amen? As you read this, listen to this again. And hereby we know that we know Him if we keep His commandments. He that saith, I know Him, and keepeth not His commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth His word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. You renew your mind with the word, see, and perfect the love of God in your mind, and glory to God, you'll begin to walk according to the way He wants you to walk. Amen? By keeping His commandments. We see here in chapter 5, verse number 2, it says, By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep His commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments and His commandments are not grievous or burdensome. Keeping His commandments. The love of God. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments. You say you love God and go and do something opposite of what He wants you to do. You're not showing any evidence of loving God. We're to love God spiritually, mentally, and also in our body. Number seven, evidence of salvation is doing righteousness. Doing righteousness in First John. Chapter 2, verse 29. If you know that He is righteous, you know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of God. Did you know that when you got born again, you became righteous in the Spirit? You became right with God when you got born again? But now that righteousness which you have been born again of needs to begin to take over your mind and you need to begin to think right. You need to begin to think righteous when the devil would come in and try to condemn you, put some kind of inferiority upon you, put some kind of temptation upon you. You got to begin to let him know that you've been made right with God and that you're going to resist him and not go for him and neither give him no place. This righteousness is down inside of you needs to take over your thinking. He who knew no sin was made sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. First. Corinthians 5.21 That we might be made right with God. Right not only in our spirit by being born again, but right in our thinking. Right in our actions. He that doeth righteousness, you know that he's born of God. Glory to God. Not only good enough for it to take place in your spirit. Yes, you can go to heaven by it taking place in your spirit. You become right with God. But brother, if you want to begin to bring forth evidence and proof that is visible and given an indication that you are a Christian, brother, you need to begin to program yourself with the Word of God. And it is righteousness. Amen? The Word is right. 
Romans 12, 2, again, be not conformed to this world, all the garbage of the world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. When you renew your mind, you'll begin to prove what that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God is. Because the perfect will of God, the love of God that lives down inside of you will begin to come out and take over your actions and you'll begin to do righteousness. Amen? 1 John chapter 3 Verse number 10, I should have said, instead of verse 1, put a zero on that, verse 10. In this the children of God are manifest. When you're manifest, you're made visible, amen? You're manifest. And the children of the devil, in other words, the children of God are manifest and the children of the devil. But whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God. But it says, neither he that loveth not his brother. Amen? In other words, whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God. Brother, when you're born of God and when you come into a right relationship with God, from then on, Jesus says, go and sin no more. Amen? In other words, you begin to have a progression in your life that is beginning to come forth in renewing your mind with what is right and then your actions begin to come forth with what is right. Brother, the first action that comes forth in what is right is when you come down here to the Lord and give your life to Jesus. Then you're to go away from here doing what is right. That's why we tell you to get into the Word of God. Begin to learn what is right and what is wrong. Amen? then your actions will begin to come forth in righteousness. Number eight, the evidence of salvation is overcoming the world. Overcoming the world. In 1 John chapter 4, verse number 4, it says, you are of God. You are of God. Brother, when you're born again, you're of God. Amen? Born again of God. Little children, and have overcome them have overcome them. Them. Who is them? The ones that aren't of God. The Antichrist. You've overcome the spirit of the Antichrist. You've overcome the spirit of the devil because you're of God now. Amen? It says because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Glory to God. Amen? Greater is in you. Where is he greater? Well, he's not only greater, he's the greatest in your spirit, amen? You've been born of God. But where does he need to become greater? He needs to become greater in your way of thinking. You need to be more conformed to God's Word than you're conformed of, God, of, of the world. Not being conformed to the world again, Romans 12, 2, but be ye conformed or transformed to the Word of God by renewing your mind, Amen? See, we're overcomers because greater is He that is in us than he that is in the world. He must not only be greater in your spirit, but greater in your mind and greater in your actions. Glory to God. Amen? Because God wants to use you. He wants the Holy Ghost to come out of you and not only cause you to overcome in your thinking, not only you to overcome in your actions, but for you to be able to lay hands upon the sick and show an evidence in the life of someone else that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Glory to God. He's got to become greater in you spiritually, mentally, and bodily. All three places. In 5, 4... First uh, John, it says, For whatsoever is born of God, that's born of love again, when you're born of love, you overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Glory to God. Our faith. Our faith. When you renew your mind with the Word of God, you begin to develop your faith in your thinking. Amen. You develop your faith. You have complete faith down in your spirit. You have the spirit of faith down in you. Amen? You have the faith of God living down inside of you. But now we need to begin to develop our faith in our way of thinking. And as we do, faith begins to come forth in our actions. 
And you'll begin to do things in the body of Christ that it takes faith to do. It takes faith to lay hands upon the sick. It takes faith to speak in tongues. It takes faith to cast out devils. It takes faith for signs and wonders to operate in your ministry. Glory to God. It takes faith. You have to have faith in your thinking, in your mind. Amen. The Spirit of God has to come forth through your thinking, through your mind, as it is conformed to the Word of God, so that you may prove the perfect will of God, which is the love of God, working signs and wonders and miracles and the gifts of the Holy Spirit in this world today. Are you with me? Glory to God. Greater is He. It says here that we overcome by our faith. This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Glory to God. Then over in Revelations chapter 12, verse number 11, it says, And they overcame him, the devil, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. We overcome the devil by faith. In the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The word of our testimony. Brother, a testimony is something that comes forth and witnesses. A testimony is given evidences that Jesus Christ is alive in this world today. A testimony is something that comes forth through your mouth and out by words out of your mouth. Amen? A testimony gives evidence and witness that Jesus Christ is alive today. Amen? We overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. As we testify to what Jesus Christ has done in our life, it causes others, glory to God, to be healed and to be saved. Amen? But it doesn't end there. As you continue to testify the word of God and overcome the devil by the word of the Lamb, by the word of God, because of what the blood of the Lamb did, glory to God, you begin to move out and do miracles. Amen? In this world today. Glory to God. It works. It works. Then lastly, number nine, spiritual understanding and evidence of salvation is spiritual understanding. In 1 John chapter 2, verse number 20, it says, But ye have an unction from the Holy Ghost, from the Holy One. Amen? And ye know all things. Where do you know all things? You know all things down in your spirit because that unction's down in there. Amen? But what degree is the unction in your mind? Well, now here's the way you get it in your mind. It says in verse 27, But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you. Brother, it lives in you. It lives down in you. Amen? That anointing lives down in you. And you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it has taught you, you shall abide in him. Brother, it's the Holy Ghost doing the teaching. I'm not doing anything up here tonight. I'm born of God. The Holy Spirit is coming forth through me and through my mind out to you and explaining things to you that you need to know so that you can go and explain it to someone else so that this same evidence can come forth in your life. Brother, we're confirming the Word tonight. We're establishing the Word in this place. And as you establish the Word in your spirit, as you establish it in your mind, and as you establish it in your actions, brother, glory to God, we're going to become solid, sound Christians for Jesus Christ. Amen? Glory to God. Sound and solid, giving evidence spiritually, mentally, and bodily. Another scripture would be found in 520. It says, and we know that the Son of God is come and hath given us an understanding that we may know Him that is true, and we are in Him that is true, even in His Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Glory to God. I've been given that understanding. I've not only understood it and given my life to the Lord and became a born-again Christian, now I come into that spiritual understanding in my mind, glory to God, of who I am in Christ Jesus. And now because of that, my actions are beginning to act like it and give evidences. See, we've been given spiritual understanding to understand the Word of God. Paul prays over in the book of Ephesians, if you would look there with me just for a second, in the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, verse number 16, he says he ceases not, 1.16 of Ephesians, to give thanks for you making mentions of you in my prayer 
that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him. That you would receive this. That the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened that you may know what the hope of His calling and what the riches of His glory, of His inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of His power to usward who believe according to the working of His mighty power which He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and set Him up above in the heavenly places. Glory to God. And it goes on to tell us that He set Him up above and not only Him but in Ephesians 2.6 that he set us up above, glory to God. We're Christians born of God, renewed in our mind, firm and established in the word of God, spiritually, soulishly, and bodily. Amen? We become firm in our faith, steadfast in our faith, sound in our faith, sober in our faith. Amen? Making full proof of our ministry, as Paul wrote to Timothy. Making full proof of it in this world. Becoming sound in doctrine. Amen? Spiritually, soulishly, and body, bodily. Amen? In our body. Glory to God. Confirming the Word with signs and wonders. You make the Word firm. You establish the Word. You secure the Word. Make stable and fast the Word of God. The evidence is signs and wonders following. Amen? Amen.